Hey, girls and gays. Hello, hello. It's your favorite African auntie. It is. Welcome to another episode of I Said What I Said, where we close the gap between who we are and who we want to be and where we are and where we want to be. We've got the lovely Bobo co-hosting again. Once again, I'm back. <laughs> Welcome, Bobo. Thank you. By popular demand or by necessity? Um, By force. <laughs> by force. By Y'all force. will have me here by force. Awesome. Okay, okay. Today, um, we're going to do a two episodes on friendship. Mm. Because Bobo and I have been thinking, and we really thought that, like, we romance would be the hot topic of yeah. our lives. Yeah. But friendship is much more prickly and complex yeah. than we like imagined no i feel like and i was just telling you now the mind fuck of friendships is that i always thought i was so good at <laughs> friendships like i always thought i have no drama in my life all my friends are lit like yeah, it's we tricky. need to get into it and yeah. i think it doesn't get as much airtime as romance it and doesn't. so we assumed friendship would kind of be okay yes i also think because also we take friendships for granted. Oh. There's just this level of investment that we think isn't necessary in friendships. Because we just assumed that they're just self-cleaning. Like, they're just self-perpetuating dynamics. Yeah. But That's no. so true. We're going to get into all of this. Yeah. Um, this will be a two-parter. There might be some noise. Just bear with us. We've got some lovely kitties and drilling and stuff. Such is life. Such is life. Let's get into it. So I want to know firstly, what do you reckon are some lessons you've learned about friendship this year? Mm. I think one of the things I've learned is that... Or about yourself and friendships as well. Yeah. I think one of the things that I've learned is that like, honesty with myself is important. Okay. So I think I used to be doing a lot of like pity friendships where... Or just legacy friendships where oh my God. you've been friends with someone for 10 years and even though there's actually no relationship there, you've grown apart, you guys don't benefit each other in any way, but you still cling on to it just because of time. But what I've realized is that qual- I now prioritize quality over time because what is what even is time anyway? Like, why do we prioritize longevity over quality? So one of the things I've learned to do is to prioritize quality over longevity. Uh-huh. Another thing is I've learned to be honest with myself about whether this is actually my friend or whether this is just an acquaintance or whether this is just someone that I've outgrown. And is language important in that understanding? I feel like it... Well, what do you mean by language? Well, I call everyone a friend Mm. and I know the degrees of friendship in my head, but to them, it's, hi friend, how are you doing friend? Yeah, I think that's out of politeness. But but do you think that matters? I just wonder if like our language informs... I don't know. I think mm. we need to be... I wonder if we need to be clearer. I just don't see, like, my male friends going around calling people friends yeah. as easily as I do. No, I see that too, And I guys. wonder if that hurts people, like, if that confuses people. Well, I think the difference between men and women in this context is that men aren't socialized to edit themselves for people's comfortability. Like, oh, men are just like, this is who I am, take it or leave it. And so men are more socialized to be honest with each other about where they stand in each other's lives. Yeah. Whereas I feel like we're socialized to be nurturers and coddlers. And so we're, Mm. even if that means lying to ourselves and others, women are a lot more willing to overstep our own boundaries or to lie to ourselves just to make people comfortable. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I agree. I'm just thinking about that because I'm, 
I'm curious about what friendship is to begin with. Mm. I think when you do these really fun interviews with your nieces and nephews and you ask them these questions and you, you ask them a question, what is friendship? And some of their answers were, you know, I know someone's a friend if they talk to me and yeah. if they share with me and if they smile at me. And it's just so that much, simple for I them. know, <laughs> so much of that is true. Like if I have a good time with you and you're kind to me, we're friends. Yeah. But now there's so much more complexity. There is. Like there is. very few of my friendships now, few of them reflect that still. Some mm. of them are, there's just added complexity because of geography, because of time, because yeah. of you've got this partner and that partner and now you're divided. This is what your work means for your your time and your mental health is, an, is, is coming to the party now. And yeah. these are all like dimensions I just never had to deal with. And so I used to be yeah. a very good friend because all I needed to do was to show up. And at school, I had no choice but to show up yeah. because I had to show up for school. The structure of your life literally right? is conducive to healthy friendships. It was. Yeah. And I think now that we're most, a lot of us have friends spread around the world. Mm. It's hard to, it's starting to distance in terms of like geographical distance but emotional distance starts to tease out the fissures in your friendship and the and the nuances about we are you know we're friends but we're like brunch friends versus we're friends but only when like we really need each other versus i don't know we're friends who go clubbing together and we're Mm. friends for so that's starting to be teased out more and i think that that's just a bit complex to like having these like partitions in our friendships because I just feel like that wasn't what we were told. We were told a friendship for yeah. women, a best friend is is everything. Yeah. yeah. And it's just not the case. Because I, I know I'm not everything for all my friends. Yeah. I know for a lot of my friends, I'm they love me, but I'm I might not be considered a good friend. Because I now yeah. have boundaries as well. Ooh. And that's difficult. That is. And I think I think what makes it difficult is that there isn't enough clarity. As in, like, like just like what you're saying, um, for one of your friends, they might think they're one of your best friends, but for you, they just, like, you're my brunch friend. Yeah. But I also think people have varying levels of depth that they need from relationships. Uh-huh. Like, for me, I don't need a friend to just go out twerking in the club with. Like, that's... Like, I'm, I don't care for that level of friendship. For me, if we're friends, I need conversation, I need depth, I need emotional Even for your... So even... Okay, so one of your needs is surely... Like, going to... I don't know. Let's say going to a festival, going to a brunch, you want to get yeah. out the house. So a friend that can meet you at that level, you still expect depth. Yeah. So for me, the underlying foundation for all of my friendships is substance and depth. Okay. Because... There's, I don't get any fulfillment from just talking about the Kardashians and just like going to the club. Like I need conversation, I need banter, I need like substance or else I just don't. And that doesn't mean that everyone who gives me substance is my best friend, but that's just like for me, my baseline requirement. But that would mean then you have fewer friends. Yes. And if you had to transition, that means a lot of people might've been pushed to the, the like Oh, well, that's the problem right now. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. that's the problem. I feel like I was talking to my boyfriend about this last night where I was saying, I feel like the older I get, or I feel like I'm growing really quickly, like intellectually and emotionally. Okay. And I have friends who are older than me. And I feel like, to me, they still feel very juvenile. Mm -hmm. Like I have a friend who... When I'm with her, the things that 
really preoccupy her mind are losing weight. Um, like, which guy am I going to meet at the club? Like, partying. Mm. And I'm just... It's not that there's anything inherently bad about that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I'm... I get more and more uninterested in the material world. Like, I don't really care much for, like, beauty as much as I used to. I care about beauty in the sense of, like, I enjoy doing my makeup and, like, looking good. But that's the extent of it. I don't care to, like, center my life around aesthetics or around, like, material things. See, I, I actually don't think about, that's... Like, ha- I actually don't. I-, I agree with you. Yeah. Well, as in, I understand what you mean. Mm. And... I have a similar baseline, but I don't know that that's healthy. Why? Like, I think... I think we need balance. Mm. And I think you can have that with friends who have depth. Like, friends who have depth still want to talk about Joe Budden or something that happened oh, on the yeah, timeline. Oh, yeah, absolutely. For yeah. sure. So that's there. Um, and I just think people... But what if you have no depth? Like, so what I'm saying is it's not everyday philosophy. No. But you need to also... Like, if your only conversational range is Joe Budden, and after that I lose you, why would we be friends? Okay, so you want... Do you know what I mean? Okay, yeah. So you you have friends who have range and spectrum, and you traverse the full range and spectrum. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes you talk about eating ass, but also, let's also be able to talk about, like, what is time? Do aliens exist? Mm -hmm. Why is capitalism trash? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like if we, if you're stuck on, I'd rather someone stuck on the what is time and do aliens exist and yeah. the spectrum than someone who's stuck on the Joe Budden, Kim Kardashian, weight loss, diet culture spectrum. Yeah, that's true. And I think it totally yeah. depends on what you want for yourself. So for mm. me, for example, more than anything, I yeah. want to like, I just want pleasure. Mm. And I think that can come from some of my more philosophical friends can give that to me. But sometimes I need friends who are also just much more invested in the material of their lives and not necessarily the matrix behind it. Because that also, because they also have a a basicness and a simpleness that attaches itself to, yeah, and to pleasure. And it's like to really, the simplicity, sometimes like simplicity is the quickest way. To let go. Yeah. To the most kind of calming. I just, I'm mindful about spiraling in any direction. And I think part of, I like to look at friends as like a buffet and I do want to kind of experience a bit of everything as much Mm. as I like depth. I'm just mindful of that, that echo chamber because thinking is so important. Thinking is important and it's really interesting, but it's also a prison and it's torturous. Yes. Yeah. And I just think, yeah, that's kind of. It can't be every day. Yeah. 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 What's your baseline? My baseline for me, yeah, yeah. For me, like how I said, my baseline is we need to have substance. What is yours? I think my baseline is curiosity and like a willingness Mm -hmm. to to explore, to explore, and to think about alternative opinions and ways of living. Yeah. So all of my friends, for example, are liberal. Yeah. But if I present to them a case for why, like. This, this liberal idea is trash. Might be trash. Like, let's discuss. And can you discuss that in, can you not be offended? And can we like take interest? That that yeah. interests me to really, to think a little bit, to be like, okay, I know I'm in a box. Like, let me think about the margins of that box a bit. Yeah. And I can, I'll go back to my safe box, but let me just think about the, the prison I'm in. I enjoy that. Not mm. to, I mean, I'd say you're probably on the, the most extreme end of, you're like, much more like, 
textually philosophical. Like you actually engage in not just your own experiences, but you actually engage in like texts and in like theories and thoughts. Oh, okay. And you're yeah. interested in expanding in that way. So you're probably in the most, in, yeah, extreme, like the yeah. most extreme for me. I think I'm like interested in, yeah, I'm interested in people who think about human relationships and who yes. are interested in that dynamic. Yeah, I think we have the same baseline as well. Yeah. But I think you have more of a willingness to humor people who can't even... Yeah. Yeah, who aren't willing to, like, think... Whereas for me, like, I'll just ruin your day. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) for me, like, if you're not willing to go there, like, I'm going to take... I don't know. I feel like I'm going to go there anyway. Yeah. So, which would either annoy you... Or it wouldn't. But whether it annoys you or not, I think You're I... You're going I, there. Yeah, I'm going there. Well, let's discuss, because you've had a friendship transition. Yeah. Um, Let's discuss boundaries. Like, mm. what boundaries do you reckon are healthy to set with friends? Because I didn't know there was even... For the most part, I've been better at setting boundaries than most of my, like, circle generally. Mm. But I still... But I thought because I, I was a cruel person. I thought because I was an unreasonable person. So this idea of setting boundaries and friendships is, like, a new one for me. Interesting. Um... Well, what boundaries have you been setting? I've always had boundaries about my space and time. So yeah. you come to sleep over at my house, you need to leave by 12. You're not staying the whole really? day. Like, yeah, the next day you just can't just hang out. Why? I'm quite clear. It's not even, that's not a hard set rule, but it's yeah. that I'm clear with my space and my time. Yeah. That, like, you know how much capacity you yes, have Yes, I do. Yeah. And that can seem, I know people find that, yeah, just like weird and insensitive and strange because yeah. friends, you should always want to hang on always, always, always. Yeah. Um, but that's something I've always been quite clear about. I've set alarms with friends before. Mukunda, um, I'm crying. I know one, one friend. <laughs> I'd put the alarm. We'd just start going off. How does yeah. that alarm go? That that Apple one. It would go off, and yeah, they'd be really hurt. But the alternative is me to be burnt out, and like why. Why do that? I've just never understood. I've never been able to give all of my time to any one person Mm. besides myself. To what extent is then compromise Mm. necessary in all relationships or the the ones that you care about? Oh, it is very. But but I think we all have our hard limits. So there's this one friend I have where we have to compromise about communication. So I'm fine to communicate with them maybe every four months. And they want to communicate at least once or twice in a month. Yeah. And so we've, I've made a like concession for that. I'm not happy with it, Mm. but I love them and I want to keep them. And so that's a pain point that I'm willing to like take on the nose. Um, And then another way we've compromised is we're not Skyping. We're going to voice note. Yeah. Um, I also hate like random Skype. I'm not, yeah, I'm not really a fan of it. And I think it's hard. Or phone. I hate phone calls. Yeah. I just feel like people are villainized. The people who are, on the more stringent spectrum of communication so are villainized. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas people who like always want to hang out, always want to talk, they're seen as the victims yeah. of these people, the long suffering friend of these people who don't want to engage. Yes. And that's really hard to navigate because women are, as women, especially we're always meant to be available. Yeah. Um, and so that's Ooh, like something people have struggled. I find my f- friends, we struggle with that with mm. me, but I, but I also understand. I'm also learning that, I've also been preoccupied with being right. And I'm learning that there's no such thing as right in a relationship as much yeah. as like functional. So yes. I may be right in that I sh- I do, it's my time. I have the right to command it, but does that leave me friendless? Maybe. Right, and so being right. right is less important. Like being amicable yeah. is a consideration. That's so real. I think I'm similar to you in that mm-hmm. I tend to find people needy. 
Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I do. But that's you because... Not... Ooh, I actually want to talk about that. Yeah, I tend to find people needy. But that's because I don't require much from my relationships. Bitch. I think. But then when you do and someone's not there, how do you respond then? Ooh. Like when you're like, I don't need much, but I needed you and you like weren't there. Yeah. Then, then I feel like really... that hurts even more. Yeah. Because it's like I barely require anything. But I know, so because I, I don't require much for my relationships, the, there's never really balance. So I do tend to be oh. the person that's like giving more than I'm receiving. But I don't mind that because I don't need more than I'm getting anyway. But I know the average human being needs so much more than I do when it comes to like emotional fulfillment. Yeah. Like, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Like, I enjoy my own presence so much. I could literally spend a week by myself and be completely content. Whereas I think the average person needs more like human connection. And so, or even like advice. Like, I feel like yeah, yeah. I'm not one to ask. I think you're prop, honestly, you. And my boyfriend are the only two people on this entire planet I ask for advice. Mm -hmm. um, and even then, it's like pretty rare. That's a problem. Is it? Do you think so? For your other friend, People... So I've noticed yeah. that... Sorry about the drilling, guys. I've noticed that people take advice... If you ask someone for advice, they take it that you trust them. And they take it as a symbol of closeness. Yeah. And when you don't lean on your friends... That can be hurtful to them, I find. So I'm oh. trying to learn how to delegate some of my pain to my friends. Very mechanically, it's odd. But, but what like, if they don't have the range? It's less about getting a solution from them and more about them knowing their oh, participants. Oh. And so I've said to my friends, for example, I find it odd talking about my problems. So yeah. I've made it a point to like, once a week I might tell them a problem I have. Yeah. Um... And like that, it is mechanical. I've told them, listen, I'm not used to this thing. Like I yeah. usually deal with my problems alone or with a select few people. Yeah. Um, but I think so much of people, it's not about you. I think that's mm. a kindness you do by letting people in. No, Even if it's not a real true. pain point, it's like let you let them feel needed. Yeah, like no, that's people true. People need to feel needed. But I think also, I think the fact that I'm not, I don't require much for my relationships creates a dynamic where... I don't know that people even want to be needed. Like, oh, I don't you know. No, 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 no. I do think you're right in that people want to be needed. But I think, let's say, for example, if you and I have this friendship dynamic where I'm always coming to you for, for solutions to like all of my emotional career, every all of my problems, I'm coming to you. Would you then ever think mm. that I would ever need... Wouldn't you be shocked if I suddenly... If you... Yeah, suddenly yeah. came to like why would you come to me and those friends don't the friends where it's 80 20 yeah don't do that but do you reckon that's interesting because i don't why aren't you concerned with are you concerned with balance so Not, even i don't believe in balance right so even in, in relationships because you're doing that think, sounds 80 20 but it sounds sounds like it suits you anyway because you need so much less emotional support yeah i think I can't imagine it any other way. Well, no. Okay. Realistically, I have three friends who I go to for like, I need a solution to this problem. So that's you. That's my boyfriend. And then that's another friend. Mm -hmm. um, but I also think, so one of the, I think for you and I, it's a lot more balanced. Yeah. Because I also think we're quite similar. Yeah. And then I have one friend who's a lot older than me. 
And I generally go to him for like, I need a, like, oh my God, I'm going through this thing. What do you think? Mm. I don't think he would ever think to come to me just because we've already created this dynamic. And also because he's much older than me. He's a lot more experienced in life. Like he's lived more. And I think it's probably a pleasure to help. Like, Yeah. I also think I can't imagine why he would ever come to me. He probably sees me as like this small bean who like, not in an insulting way, but like, how would I, I'm so much younger than him. Like, how would I have yeah. the range to help him? But then in another way, I also think because of who he is in the world, he wants to feel needed for a change. Mm. Like, I think he never gets to be needed by anyone because people see him as so inaccessible. Okay. So I, I think it's complicated. I think it's That's complex. That's really interesting. Yeah. I but think... I, I do think you're right in that we do need to be mindful of only having like one person, especially if it's only one. If you only have one friend that you dump all your problems onto, then you might overwhelm that one friend. But I also think that's why I find this conversation about like emotional labor so absurd because I've never felt burdened. Really? I felt that I've had friends where I felt like your problems are really boring like I'm not trying to like I'm yeah, bored, yeah, yeah. but I've never felt overwhelmed by a by a friend because they have problems. There's this one, I can't find it now. There's this one person who wrote to me and said they realized a friend was only coming to them with their problems, and mm. they told them, "Sis, you need to diversify your circles. Yeah. That's a red flag for me. Um, you need to have you need to lean on several people so that you lean less on me." Yeah, which was a really cool boundary, but people didn't. A lot of people didn't agree that that was a red flag, having only one person, um, for a whole bunch mm. of reasons. I think because people said it's, first of all, hard to make friends. Second of all, a lot of people feel like people aren't willing to listen. Like everyone wants to talk. Yeah, no, But that's no one true. wants to listen. That's true. Um, and a big question was, a lot of people reflected your sentiment that they don't like dealing with their friends' boring problems that are recurring. So they said the only time they consider friendship emotional labor is when their friends come to them, often about romance, about the same thing over and over again, and they don't heed their advice. But I think my question was, like, what is friendship if not that? What what other spaces can we go to? You can't go to your parents with the same problem. Literally, not at all. You actually cannot. Like, you can go to them maybe twice, and then they expect solutions, or they'll literally like sink into a depression if they know no, you. They'll just get, yeah. But your yeah. friends are the only, that's the only space you can be, and also a lover, I think. You can be yeah, your most yeah. mis- like miserable, quote unquote, pathetic self. Yeah, yeah. You know? And I think that's an important space. And I think all of us are overwhelmed, it sounds like, by friends who have the same issues. But maybe that's a level of overwhelmedness we have to just accept as like life. Like that's what life looks like is like yeah, we deal with people and their problems. Yeah. So what, what do you, what do you think's made us so sensitive and m- careful about capitalism? Like, yeah. Like managing our emotions, like a bank, like, okay, I've given you, I've given out $2 of emotion. Yeah. Yeah. I need at least two Four. or more. Yeah. Yeah. Like what's made us so careful because I doubt, I just don't know that the, it, things used to be like this. No, they didn't. I think, um, capitalism has taught us to commodify everything. Even look at the way, Dating apps would not function without capitalism as the backdrop. Ooh. For that. 
Because look at the ways in which we date in 2019. You open your phone and you scroll through a marketplace of humans. A ca- you swipe catalog. Left. Yeah, a catalog of humans. You swipe left, you swipe no, as if like... You know, we framed romance in a binary context of good or bad. Like, in wow. order to understand anything under capitalism, you have to commodify it and put it under a box. So I feel like if you look at the way dating has a dating has evolved from being this nuanced, complex, emotional, slow burn, slow transaction. Now it has to be quick. It has to be. It's good. It's either someone is good or they're bad. I don't know, but I think for the same reason that I find. The whole conversation about emotional labor can absurd. I also find dating apps absurd. Like I've never been able to get into dating apps because I've never been able to see a person as in the same way that you see a, a box of cereals mm. in, a, in a marketplace. You know, like in a grocery store. But the difference with friendship is that that's not how we make friends. Like friendships, the start of we... a friendship is so pure. It's yeah. literally that we clicked in like a bathroom toilet or like a friend of a friend, and, and that was that. it. We just said let's hang out, and it's so. But the way that we're now managing that has become mm. the same way that we we manage your job, your PR person. When I see these templates on Twitter of like, let's discuss those because I'm a fan of templates. I fucking hate them. I was, I honestly was so disgusted. I was like, if this is the, if this is how we're living, take me to Mars. Take Elon. me to Mars. We are living in hell. So we're I talking don't about. This. I'll link it. We're talking about the meme of I'm at capacity. Yeah. This woman who is a she's a medical professional. Yeah. She discussed um the fact that a friend. Um, before offloading said hi do you have capacity i have a problem i want to share and she was so appreciative that the friend actually a acknowledged that it takes work to absorb your issues and b I hate that, that you actually <laughs> thought to ask and check in and so she said that's dope let's all do this um if you need some wording here's an example of what you can say hey i'm at capacity can't do this right now can we check in at a later date and the internet rinsed her because they found it clinical, they found it transactional, yeah. and they weren't a fan of that kind of boundary. People felt that that is friendship, is that I come to you in crisis or I come to you when I can't keep it together and hold yeah. it until Monday to see my psychologist. I come to you. There's also and something that- very performative about... I think I would approach a job, like I would email a client in that way. Because that's not who I am. Like, humans aren't like that. Emotion, like, bitch, when you die, God will not be waiting for you at the gates of heaven to be like, are you in the right emotional headspace to hear that you actually haven't made it into heaven? You've been condemned to hell for eternity? No, like, life doesn't work Life just comes at you fast. Yeah, life comes at you fast. And humans aren't robots. Like, you don't... So why are we considered of trigger warnings, but not of a friend's emotional capacity? I think that's wilder. For me, trigger warnings are so much more odd. No, trigger warnings are wild to me. I mean, they they are odd to me. I do them for other people, not because I inherently find... I don't know. I think we're at this space where we're so liberal that everyone demands comfort. Everyone everyone demands a level of comfort and Mm -hmm. safety that actually isn't realistic. Right. In this realm of existence. Yeah, it's manufactured and and it creates... A world that's not only boring. I understand, like, in the context of mental health, like, how trigger warnings can be effective. But I also think if we're if we're creating a world where 
I guess it just requires balance. If we're creating a world where everything, every space must be a safe space for every single person in the world, like, not only is that boring, it's also unnatural. Like, why do we shy away from discomfort? Why do we shy away from the the normal and natural undulations of everyday life? Like, there's no trigger warning when you wake up one morning and you're just feeling really down and you just mm. suddenly need to cry. Like, yeah, I hear that. It just doesn't, I don't know. Or let me let me put it this way. If a friend sent me a message and was like, hi, I just wanted to check and see that you're in the right headspace. Like that sort of clinical message, I would honestly just assume that they're a flesh-eating robot, <laughs> that they want to eat my skin, and that we're not friends. Because also, why do you need to put on this clinical performative role to engage with someone? Isn't that a bit creepy? Doesn't this sound like a post-apocalyptic dystopian horror movie? I think more than anything, yeah. the only part that concerns me mm. is, I think firstly, why do we feel, why do we feel the need to check in and, and make sure people are okay to deal with our problems? Yeah. Is it because we feel they're overwhelming um, and yeah, intolerable? Do you, as in like, do you feel that you are a burden to your friends? Yes. Like, yeah. why do we feel like we're a burden? I'm quite curious about that. Mm. And then if we, if our problems are that burdensome that we have to check in on others before they can manage our own problems, yeah. how are those people getting help? Like, if you're the person who's experienced it, that that's the side of the most pain. Right. And if you have to manage how everyone else experiences your sec- your pain, like yeah. on a secondary level, I'm curious about what happens to these people. Because it's easy for me to say, as somebody who I'm good at managing my trauma, I have the money to access all the alternative medicines and woo-woo stuff that I needed to deal with my, my issues. Yeah. For the most part, I'm very functional. Yeah. But people don't have, a lot of people don't have that. And if I have friends like that, I just wonder where they go if I say no. If we all said no, where do they go? Well, and so right. I wonder if part of the function of society and friendship is that life is has its opposite extremes. Yeah. And in sheer bliss, I accommodate that. And I might have to also accommodate sheer pain. Like, why are we so afraid? Of discomfort. Of that discomfort. Because nothing's... It's all temporary anyway. So, yeah. like, why shy away from it to begin with? And I think... I think I've done that in the past. I've had a friendship that was ruined and now is repaired because they had mental health issues that I just didn't know how to deal with. Yeah. I didn't have the language to understand depression or anxiety. Fair. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah. And I just wonder, I just wonder who should really be accommodated. The people taking your load or the people bearing the load itself. I think it's both. I think, so for me, what confuses me about this whole conversation about emotional labor is... Mm-hmm. There is no other point of being alive than human relationships. So if you're preserving True. all of your energy... What's it for? What is it for? Because That's everything why. else is a transient illusion. So if your basic, basic, your friendships are a burden for you, what are you preserving your energy for? I think because that's part of the issue. there's nothing else that is worthy uh, worth it at of all. energy than your community. That's like, part of the everything issue. everything is meaningless and transient. Oh, for sure. And I think we spend the most time at our jobs. Yeah. And the least time with the people we love. Yeah. So it's the opposite way around. And I think if we started to measure ourselves by the quality of our relationships, our lives would look different. Oh, they absolutely We might would. just... Yeah, yeah. We would actually... I mean, honestly, work can wait. It can. But that's not how we feel about it. Exactly. And that's not how it's presented to us. 
But there's nothing anyone wants more, probably even the CEO of a company, than to be with their family. Exactly. But so it's it's super confusing. I think it is. And I think that there are less boundaries in the workspace than there are in our friendships nowadays. And what I mean by that is... I love that. Your boss can text you after hours or there's this expectation of come to the work drinks. the work drinks come to the christmas party come to this and this and that and you go out of obligation despite the fact that you don't want to go and yet when your friend hits you up and is like hey i'm going through a rough time you're like bitch <laughs> boundaries this is emotional labor like what are you mad yeah this, and i understand that the root of this problem is capitalism because the root of every problem is capitalism but the only way to solve this is to reframe the ways that we view emotions. Like, I find that the concept of emotional labor to be an oxymoron, because how can emotions be laborious? they all we have. That's so true. There's nothing else that we have that is real but emotions. So maybe it's about managing then. Yeah. Not about managing your friends who need the most help from you, but about managing where you feel you're, like, who's replenishing you exactly so you don't feel yeah. completely depleted yeah what's interesting is most people feel like they're giving too much and that's suspicious <laughs> to me when i feel like most people give too little yeah i was gonna say that sounds very dubious to me um well i think they feel that way because if you're giving away 80 percent of your time to capitalism oh. then 10 percent to your friendship feels like a lot yeah you know so our priorities are fucked. Um, we prioritize suffering over fulfillment. And then we are surprised when we feel that our fulfilling emotional relationships feel like suffering. I think it, because human relationships are the last area of our lives that we haven't fully managed to commodify and like mm. add systems to. That's because it's impossible. Nearly. I mean, it look is. at Tinder. Yeah. And like... Well, but but Tinder and dating apps has ruined romance. Like, yeah, and I think friendship might be the next frontier. I mean, the, yeah. there's the Bumble friendship where you make friends on Bumble, which yeah. is totally fine. Yeah, I've not used it, so I don't know if it's like picture based as well. I just yeah. wonder how that would even work. But and I think it's got good intentions. But is that the beginning of like it adding is. systems to just literally how we communicate? I mean. And I feel like WhatsApp will have a, a play on this. I just feel like anything that is the in-between between humans meeting... Yeah, will destroy us. Look, I think that everything is really simple. Um, but our really, like, the main problem with humanity is our brains have really... Like, consciousness really fucked us over. Mm. Like, our prefrontal cortexes overcooked and now we overcomplicate everything mm. fundamentally all that anyone wants is just love but we've overcomplicated everything and we've made it seem like you can the only way to find love is in the material world like mm. you'll find love by making as much money as possible you'll find love by being famous you'll find love by like we've created all of these middle these middle paths when all, honestly we don't need them like we actually don't need tinder we actually don't need dating apps we actually don't need social media we like, should we all put everything. our phones down at the same time yeah no and honestly. walk outside our lives it's hard are just, yeah tinder we need a whole we'll discuss tinder 
So let's just go to some dilemmas. Mm. Someone said, my friend read my journal after I started seeking help for my mental health. Is that fucked up or no? I think it is fucked up. I think it's not. Really? I think wait, it's wait, fucked up. Okay, that, wait. Okay. So your friend has mental health issues. Start seeing someone writing the, the, you know, their feelings down and what's like their internal dialogue. Mm. And then your friend opens that and reads it. Yeah. I, I think, think where the friend up. fucked up for me is telling. <laughs> is it not hiding it? Yeah. Oh. You should have never. What I would have done. Oh, well, yeah. I just think that's the most. I think it's a form of flattery. So for me, if I. I'm screaming. <laughs> it's a sext. If you read my journal so that you can. Okay, this is assuming an intention. Yeah. Okay, what I would. If I was this friend, I'd read your journal so I can gain insights into what you're going through. Yeah. And from that, use that to inform how I treat you. Right. I love it when someone goes behind someone's back. If your boyfriend messaged me, Boba, and said, this is the way Boba was having a hard time. Please be sensitive. She doesn't want you to comment on. She's got an acne breakout. Yeah. I would never tell you who told me that. I would just perform differently. Yeah. And that's. Yeah. I have an. Ad- I, have I like an, that too. Yeah, I have an yeah. edge to be kinder to you. So your her friend should have never told her. That was yeah. so... That's cruel. Because what is now this person supposed to no, do with that I information? I she should have taken that data and used it to be a better friend. Not to tell them I that you read my, your diary. Oh, my only qualm with this is that... I think, for example, like, if... If most people read my diary, they would take everything a lot more seriously than it... Like, I think I'd be sent to a mental hospital mm. if anyone read... Whereas for me, it's not that deep. Do you know what I'm... I don't know. Like, I, know I don't think mean. the average person has the range to contextualize That's so true. my mental health. That's so, so true. So I think they would take what I've written in my journal and then like, she needs to go be kept in a mental institution right now. She needs to be given 5,000 antidepressants. Yeah. Whereas it's just like... This is what you said about deep. performing yes. on the last week's episode is that yeah. we have to... We filter and perform ourselves to communicate like we exactly. essentially change the format to fit the 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 system that's going to receive it right but in if you're unfiltered um people don't have the tools to make sense of that yeah and so that's actually unfair on your part exactly you should have been given the chance to perform and Thank filter you. yeah. your reality yeah for you done dilemmas yeah let's get into them how do you deal with lack of effort or reciprocity from friends I'm getting a bit fed up with always being the one to check in and organize catch-ups. Oh, let's talk about this. Let's talk about... I think you have this a similar problem. Aren't you always the one who's organizing? organizing. In your, in yes, your, but yeah. I'm not resentful anymore. So oh, one thing I've realized... I used to expect... I'm a person who likes equality. If mm. I wash a dish, you wash a dish. Yeah, you, you really do like equality. I'm balance, crazy about hey? that, hey? If me and Boba you buy... Beans. You really If we do. buy a packet of chips for thirteen fifty, Boba needs to pay six rand, <laughs> seven anything. I... And for me, it feels so restorative and healthy and I feel alive when I have balance. I really, my boyfriend is just like this and I'm the opposite. Like for me, I just, I don't ask people to pay me back. Like I'm just like, oh, I'll get that. So why do you guys like balance? Why do you guys count beans? I can't imagine it any other way. I kind of just thought that was, but let's, but beyond that. I think I'm also learning the issue with balance is that we all don't have the same skill set, which I assumed we did. We all did. Mm. So I assumed if I have the capacity to Google a restaurant, set up a time, start a a WhatsApp group, everyone does. So I think part of maturing Mm. and like being self-aware. I mean, you're right though. You are right. We all have. I don't think so. I think it comes. I think 
some of us, what we're willing to sacrifice, how much we're willing to be uncomfortable, what comes easiest to us is different. So I am comfortable knowing I, it matters enough to me, like I'll be the organizer and Mm -hmm. Bob will be the person who brings wine. It comes easily to you to be generous maybe oh, financially okay. or yeah. and it comes easy to me to plan to so i think yeah. we need to also look at our p- strength it's there's a difference between what are your strengths versus are you being complacent yeah and your friends might be being complacent so i think that's something you would need to interrogate that's surely inter- so how do you yeah how do you deal so just by knowing that's my strength and i offer nothing else i will never pay for your meal yeah i will never i don't really, what if you struggle with that like so like I'll invite you. Are, okay. <laughs> I'll organize a restaurant, but yeah. I will just never ever pay for the meal. Pay for your meal. Why? It's just not that's where I struggle. It is pain it is if it is painful for me to understand why I'd pay for your meal and yeah. Bobo's so comfortable, why not you just do what comes to you, which is paying, and I do what comes to me and which understanding we're both exercising our, our our strong points. Yeah. But if yeah. you're not bringing anything to the table is the problem that's the problem yeah. and it depends also how often do you be it depends on a whole bunch of things i also think like i did this experiment in high school i just let everything go to shit i said i always want to organize and let's see what happens yeah and sometimes you find that you're not leaving room for people to, to exercise yeah. their own um that's true yeah capacities that's true so it depends what the the payoff the payoff on the losses like if i don't organize i'll never see a friend so what matters to me most yeah yeah yeah. But also just to dictate, I think we also just don't talk. Like, if this is such a pain point, why don't you just, like, discuss it with your friends and discuss, hear from them. Like, do you think you organize enough? Do you, okay, what do you think you, what are your strong points? What do you yeah. think you bring to the table? Let's discuss. I'm feeling neglected. Yeah. Do you think I'm right in this? Do you share the same opinion? Yeah. Um. Because I often find people who do very that's little true. think they're doing equal amounts. Yeah, no, that's true. Me too, me included. When I do... When my sister comes to me and is like, do you think you're pulling your weight? I often do when I actually, when the stats are there, I haven't been in yeah, that department. Yeah, That's interesting. I think, um, I think where I struggle with friendships, like where I don't pull my weight is it's... communicating. Like, I'm not going to pick up the phone and call you. Mm. I'm not going to text you out of the blue. I'm probably not even going to respond to your text. Um, but when we are together, bitch, I'm probably the one doing all the the listening or like most of the listening i'm the one who's like probably gonna pay the bill or whatever the case mm. is so i also i remember like having a fight with a friend who was like you never i really don't feel like you're being a good friend because you never invite me like you're never calling me you never respond to my texts and i was like wait but whenever we are together i'm the one solving all your problems I'm the one who gets all the wines and the one who organizes the the get-togethers. I'm the like, so I I think there was also like, it's also our blind spot. The gravitas, yeah. Like they don't see that. Like what yeah. matters to them? They maybe they could give a fuck about wine. Do you know what I mean? They give a yeah. fuck about you calling them. And so like our blind spots are where our love languages aren't. Yeah, which is yeah. interesting. Oh my god. Which is very so interesting. It's really interesting. And like that's something I've had to also think about is where are my blind spots? Yeah. Because people are putting in effort. I just don't see it because for the most part I don't care. Mm. And, it, and like I don't know. I have a feeling it's less about people doing things that are effective for you and more about if that brings them pleasure and that brings them um like purpose in the relationship, they yeah. should do that. Yeah. Like if it brings Bobo 
pleasure and purpose to bring the wine rather than call you. It doesn't matter if you like wine. Yeah. Or maybe you can change the input or like, you know, slightly modify that. Yeah, but it yeah. matters that you contribute in the ways that you value. Which happens with presents. Have you ever had that experience where someone will buy you a present and you realize it's what they like? They do things for mm. you. And even like partners do this. Like we'll do things that we appreciate or we are just good at rather than what the person needs. Right, right, So I'll right. like give advice unsolicited to my friends and often it's not what they need or asked for. Yeah. Um, and that's fine. We should definitely interrogate that. But it's more understanding that like I've done what makes sense to me and mm. that's what we all do. Yeah. No, that's true. It's, Which is why we all need to communicate. Communicate. What was the second part of the problem? So the second... Well, they're getting fed up. A lack of effort of reciprocity. Mm. Yeah, I think they should just discuss that. I think if you I feel so. neglected, discuss. I think we're going to part to this um, right now to get another part in. Yeah. So... Thank you so much for this episode, Bobo. This Thank was really you. interesting. This was. I think the conversation about emotional labor and like how we, how do we add systems of give or take and like should we is a really important one for you probably to reflect on and maybe to even discuss with your friends. Like yeah. how much are you adding capitalism into your relationships? How much is, how much do you need to manage your friends who have um, issues versus just make sure you get replenished elsewhere as well mm. so these are all points to think about yeah next week we're gonna catch up on all the other dilemmas you sent us we're gonna talk a bit more about um the prickly complexities of friendship yeah uh so catch us then bobo will be co-hosting again i'll see you next time bye bye